Grumpy Old Geeks, a weekly talk show hosted by Brian Schulmeister and Jason DeFilippo, discussing the finer points of what went wrong on the internet and who's to blame. Welcome to Grumpy Old Geeks. I'm Jason DeFilippo. And I'm Brian Schulmeister. Brian, uh, we are now a value-for-value-enabled podcast. Buy one, get the second one free? Exactly. That's what I'm talking about. BOGO! No. <laughs> uh, it's one of the things we talked about a little bit ago uh, with the new podcast index, uh, you know, crypto scheme that they've been working on. Okay. On the Lightning Network, and you can uh, tip people satoshis, which is the smallest fraction of a Bitcoin that's out there, okay. which is not a lot of money. But over time, it can add up. And uh, I did this and just let it sit. It got on the it's, – it's, they have a search engine now which lets you see all of the value-for-value value enabled podcasts. Very mm -hmm. few players support it. It's just only the new players. But we got some. Okay. Somebody actually sent us some Satoshis already. And they even boosted. <laughs> I'll take your Satoshis. I don't know what they're worth, but I'll take them. Sure. Not a lot. Not a lot. That's why it okay. takes time. But I just wanted to let people know that we are now value-for-value value enabled. Because why not? Um, you know, we, we've lost most of our advertisers because we have dropped through the threshold thanks to the COVID-19 and the Apple download pandemic Armageddon mm -hmm. that happened. Yeah. Uh, so we are really a listener-supported show for the most part right now. So we need all the help that we can get. So if you love the show, head on over to GOG.show slash support and uh, – Give us a give us a little love. Support. We want to keep the show going. Yes. yes. Support us, please. We really do need it now because, you know, we can't plug crap anymore. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously. And uh, we do have a little follow-up from Raf here. He sent us the Bitcoin Pizza Day 2021. And mm -hmm. uh, it's about some interesting facts that surround this special day in crypto. Uh, at the current price in uh, the 11th anniversary of the pizza purchase mm -hmm. um, those two pizzas were worth 630 million dollars so we kind of underestimated that one if we were on the prices <laughs> right we would have been really low on the showcase showdown yes we would have been all right and uh, barrett writes in how can amc tell me they plan on going bankrupt soon without telling me they're going to go bankrupt soon well amc says it will accept bitcoin <laughs> as payment for movie tickets by year end i'm not sure how that ties in with us now taking bitcoin Hmm, interesting. <laughs> well, we're already bankrupt. <laughs> so, True yes, that. they're going to start uh, start taking some Bitcoin. And again, do you want to be known as the guy who bought two tickets for the Matrix for $630 million in 10 years? <laughs> who are these people spending crypto as if it's cash when you have, oh, I don't know, cash? Yeah, yeah. For, for the movie tickets, it makes no sense. It yeah. makes less than zero sense. Publicity stunt. It worked out really well for Elon, too. I guess they, they missed that that news cycle. Yeah. And uh, you remember Oumuamua? Oumuamua? Oumuamua, yeah. the mysterious 650-foot-long like tube-shaped object that uh, went through our solar system in 2017. Yes, and I did. And I read that book by Avi Loeb all about it, arguing that it had to be uh, aliens. Well, most people still disagree with that, and they're still all fighting about it. And Avi Loeb is basically just saying, oh, you people that deny me with your science, I checked your math. It doesn't work. And then other people check the math and say, yeah, it does. And then he okay. says, no, it doesn't. And on and on it goes. Great. He said, she said, eggs are good for you. Eggs are bad for you. Omu, mamu, mamu, mamu is a spacecraft. No, it's not. Okay. Tune in eggs next week. Eggs in space. <laughs> I like Avi. He's a smart guy. I mean, he's, he's look at his list of credentials. He's no slouch. So, I mean, maybe he's just forgetting to carry the one somewhere or maybe everybody else is. Who knows? Who knows? He'd be fucked up if he was right. Yep. In the news... Okay, Brian, Facebook has been back in the news thanks to the Wall Street Journal special reports called the Facebook Files. Hold on, hold on, hold on. I, I haven't paid any attention to this. Let me guess. They're fucking awful. Yep, they okay. are fucking awful. So this has been out for a little bit now. We could have covered it on last week's show. We could have covered it on this week's show. But I'm going to say something. I know it's controversial, but I, I purposely ignored these articles and the discussion around them because, Brian... You and I have been doing this for eight and a half years, and I'm just fucking exhausted about telling everyone that Zuckerberg, Sandberg, Teal, the entire fucking lot at Facebook should be put on trial for crimes against humanity. You know, 
it just happens again and again and again. You know, it's another day, another revelation, another spin from Facebook. We're trying our best, blah, 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 blah. I'm I'm just tired of it. I'm really fucking tired of it. And it's getting just boring. So that's why I didn't even bother covering this. <laughs> so welcome to 2013 Wall Street Journal. Well, we've been here all along just saying the same damn thing. Yeah, it's oh. it's every article that comes out, every revelation. None of this is surprising to any of us anymore. We know they're fucking horrible people. We know they don't give a shit about anything except their bottom line. Uh, Facebook continues to just drive itself further and further towards irrelevance. As far as I'm concerned, uh, my Facebook usage has dropped dramatically and not just because I'm disgusted by them as a company. Uh, it's all all I see on Facebook anymore is is password mining. That's it. Like, it's it's just constant posts of, uh, how old will you be in 2050? I mean, they might as well just post images saying, tell us your mother's maiden name and your social security number at this point. And that's... It's, I think they probably have. <laughs> as far as I can tell, Facebook has just been completely overrun with these things over the last couple of weeks. It's useless. Well, you know, it's, it's a filter bubble. You have obviously, you know, you enjoy it, you stay on it too long, you look at it, you read it, and then they think, oh, he must li really like this type of content. Hmm. So... You know, it's that that's the thing about it. It's it's the filter bubble in action and uh, the AI. This this would have never been a thing if we just had a non algorithmically derived timeline. You know, a it's timeline timeline. Yes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. By the definition of the word as <laughs> a definition to it. That's right. Yes. Not a feed. We want a timeline. And I also didn't add any stories about the inspiration for dog and pony show uh, because rich people are just going to rich and I just don't care. Okay. It's just not that funny. I mean, it really just wasn't that funny. What is funny, though, is Rivian is out now. They're launching their e-truck, which is a pretty cool truck, I got to say. Mm -hmm. But speaking of rich gonna rich, I can't afford one. <laughs> so, uh, But they, you, you now have to buy a membership. You don't have to, I guess, technically. But uh, you can buy a membership for your truck that has complimentary charging on a network that has yet to be deployed. Excellent. And uh, then you get uh, LTE with it as well. So. I, I, I just hate this trend. There doesn't seem to be any stopping it. Um, you know, I'm I'm sorry. I'm old. When I buy something, I've bought it. Why do I have no, to have not a anymore. subscription to it? Why do I have to keep paying for it? It's ridiculous. Yeah. It's, it's also why I didn't cover those damn Amazon TVs. I'm like, no, I there's there's no way in hell that you would get me to buy one of those. I mean, I am pushing the limits of what I've got with my Roku TV, and even that makes me queasy. But yeah. putting Alexa in a TV? Oh, hell no. <laughs> All right. Uh, well, there's some cracking down in China on this sort of stuff, and sometimes, you know, China going to China, but China's sometime right. Uh, there are cracking down, following the crackdown that we talked about about gaming by Chinese authorities, ByteDance, uh, which is, you know, TikTok's parent company, is introducing new youth controls for Douyin, which is their TikTok equivalent app in China. Uh, any users confirmed to be under 14 will enter a new youth mode limited to 40 minutes of usage per day. That's it. They've also unveiled a new app called, well, I'm not going to even attempt the Chinese here, but the translation is Little Fun Star which is a TikTok-style short video app with limited subject materials, mostly educational. So that is the point of that one. Uh, so, you know, uh, restricting gaming for kids, restricting social media for kids, dropping time down and time restrictions. They can't use it between 10 p.m. and 6 a.m. when they should be in bed anyways. And um, not the worst ideas. No, it's not. <laughs> I wish I could put I wish I could put TikTok limits on most of the adults I know. Yeah. And myself. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's not a bad idea. So I, I'm all for this. And unfortunately, you try to do it here. I mean, here we can't even get people here, here in North America, <laughs> where we have, where people spend four hundred dollars to get a fake vaccination card when they could have gotten fucking vaccinated for free. And then they bitch and moan about it. Yeah. Freedom going to free. So this shit's never going to fly <laughs> here, I suppose. But I mean, it's a God damn, It's a damn good idea. It is a very good idea. <laughs> and speaking of China, Amazon has now banned over 600 Chinese brands as part of their review fraud crackdown. So all these 600 different uh, 600 different brands spread over 3,000 seller accounts have basically juiced the system by giving people, offering people free rewards, gift cards, etc. for leaving reviews, uh, which, you know, I mean, again, a lot of people just call that the cost of doing business. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Uh, and the thing about that is too, I wish they would they would share this list with Instagram because 
I, I'm sure it's the same people. Yeah, over exactly. It's the same companies that have figured out the system and and have it up and running. So, yep. Yeah. And speaking of Amazon and their hardware, they are going to hold a hardware event on September 28th. Uh, we have no idea of anything. They promise to share news about its latest devices, features, and services. But that's it. So Okay. Yeah, we'll Fire Phone 2 coming to the... <laughs> <laughs> and uh, speaking of the whole mask and COVID testing and all of that, Apple has stepped up to the plate a little bit here. They are mandating more frequent COVID-19 testing for unvaccinated employees. So you don't want to get vaccinated? Fine. But you're going to test up and you're going to test up often. Oh, man. You know what would be so great? If they got rid of the nasal swabs and all of the COVID testing were anal swabs. Well, that considering would, that would, that I might am doing rapid COVID tests, <laughs> part, of, part of the what's happening in my office here that I go into is uh, the government is uh, subsidizing rapid COVID tests, even if you've been even if you've been vaccinated. So twice a week when I go into the office, usually the first day and then like two or three days later, I'm doing rapid COVID tests. And uh I, I mean, I, you know, they, they're not, they're not, they're not that big of a deal. It's, it, uh -oh. it goes pretty quickly. It's pretty simple. Yeah. Yeah. But I still say if we, if we switched the, switched over to anal testing, it would, <laughs> I mean, it's a small price to pay for you, Brian, for the, uh, you know, the guaranteed survival of the, of humanity. Right. That's all yeah, I'm saying. Yeah. A little goose before work certainly wakes you up better than coffee. I was going to say it might <laughs> save you on coffee. That's for sure. <laughs> Your Tim Hortons bill will go down. <laughs> And I love this next one. Social media influencer slash model created from artificial intelligence lands 100 sponsorships. You know how many more sponsorships that's landed than us? 100. 100. <laughs> 100. <laughs> Brian, we just need to become virtual AIs. Uh, that's I'm all. all for it. Yes, Rosie. She's a virtual human that was created by Cytus Studio X in uh, last year. And this is over in Korea. And mm -hmm. uh, she is going to bring in about $854,000 and seven cents, approximately. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> approximately $854,000 and seven cents by the end of the year. And this is what they love about her. She won't get canceled because she's not caught up in any scandals. She'll always they be can, young. She'll always be young. She's never going to go out of fashion. And if she does, all they got to do is re-photoshop her and boom, Bob's yeah. your uncle. Give, give her People the new are cool obsolete. Yep. Yeah, yeah, we are now obsolete. That's fine, I'm tired. No shit. Media Candy. I have made my way almost to the end of Clarkson's Farm Season 1. It's delightful. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, yeah. he, he, he actually takes it on the chin more often than not. Um, he realizes he's an idiot half the time, and it's kind of good. I'm really enjoying it. Yeah, his farmhand just loves to take the piss out of him, and that's the best oh, part I know. of the it's show. It's the best part. It's the best part. And uh, I watched a documentary on Netflix called Count Me In, all about drumming. Uh, if you're into music and if you're into drums, it's pretty phenomenal, actually. I really, really enjoyed it. Okay, cool. Uh, I watched Into the Night Season 2. Mm-hmm. Uh, don't. Oh, damn it. Dude. Really? It is, it is, it is so fucking bad. It is so bad. It is beyond bad. Oh, man. I mean, like that, they didn't that actually try. bums me out because I really enjoyed the first season. And I did, did they, too. Do they wrap it up? Do we know what happens? Or are they leaving no. it for a, another crappy season three? Oh, they left it totally open for a crappy season three, but they moved the ball forward almost nothing hmm, in this great. one. It's right. it's. I mean, dude, it's six hours of bad, but it goes quick because there's really not a lot of plot, and it just kind of plods along but maybe I'll yeah, this skip is nothing like two. the first season <laughs> yeah i seriously skip season two and when season three comes out watch the recap okay all right that's that's kind of a bummer but actually kind of good because i'm very far behind in my media consumption <laughs> yeah yeah swap that out for ted lasso it's much better okay um i watched a couple movies too i watched the card counter mm -hmm. which is a new film uh it's kind of a slow burn uh, it's it's a weird movie Okay. But uh, we thoroughly enjoyed it. it it's, it's not what it, you think it is. It's not even remotely about poker that much. It's about um, a, uh, a guard from Abu Ghraib who uh, gets out and just tries to make a living at poker without letting anybody know it's him and all sorts of stuff. It's, it's weird. It is very weird. But I thought it was thoroughly enjoyable. It's a, got a really nice slow burn on it. Good cast. Uh, so I give that one. Uh, I give that one a seven and a half, maybe an eight about that. 
All right. And I watched the, I watched the new uh, M Night Shyamalan Ding Dong. Oh, uh huh. I really, really liked it. <laughs> I I couldn't believe it. I okay. could not believe it. the The movie was really good. It was really suspenseful, really creepy, and the twist at the end was finally a really good one. I mean, he he nailed it on this one. So. I think it's probably been ruined for me because I know what the twist is. So it may not be oh. worth watching because uh, I read some of the I... funny reviews on it that were very spoiler okay. filled. So I enjoyed it. I really okay. enjoyed it, but because I didn't, I knew nothing. I knew what the premise was, but I did not know. I, all I saw was the first trailer, and that's all I went into it with. And I thought it was pretty good. Cool. Um, okay. Well, good for him. And I watched Kate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he was pretty good in it in his you know his standard Hitchcockian yeah. role. Mm-hmm. Um, and I watched Kate on Netflix. Mm-hmm. Oh my god, that's a fun movie. It is so fun. It's just, it's just ultra violent fun. Okay. So, um, it's not even that ultra violent. It's just violent. It's probably got <laughs> about as much violence as the first John Wick. Okay. So, but it's funny. It's uh, well shot, well acted. And I swear, it's so weird. Woody Harrelson has just come out as one of the greatest actors of our of our time. I know. He is just know. so really damn strange. good. Yeah. I mean, he definitely picks yeah. roles to his strengths, but yes. Yeah, he's fantastic in this, so highly recommended. And I do have to say that the Apple TV Roku app is a piece of fucking dog shit. <laughs> it is so bad. Uh, I'm tempted to pick up an Apple TV just so I can watch Apple TV and resume a show. If you, like, seriously, if you pause it, go to the bathroom and take an extra long wee, you come back, it already resets and you can't resume. You have to go back and fast forward to, and kind of guess where you were already. Gotcha. Every that's, time. That's uh, That sucks. <laughs> yeah, it it's really awful, and I don't even have an Apple TV anymore. So damn I love my Apple TVs, love them. Yeah, I think I might because in in my new studio here, I do have a giant TV and a big area to do some of the Apple Fitness stuff. Finally, and I have a right. yoga mat, so I might get go. into my yoga. Finally, all I have are Apple TVs. That's all I've got an Apple TV on both our TVs, and and we watch everything through that, and it's uh, it's pretty solid. Yeah, I normally wouldn't be using it for much except for Ted Lasso, but uh, Billions came back out, and it's so easy to get Showtime through Apple TV Plus mm-hmm. and cancel it. It's, all, it's it's actually not about getting it. It's about it's canceling, canceling it. Yes. Super simple yeah. through Apple to cancel <laughs> any of your subscriptions. Yay. Yeah. Good job. This episode is brought to you by Mood. Have you ever thought about elevating your THC experience, not to just feel good, but also to boost your creativity, focus, and energy? Well, I have some exciting news for all you cannabis enthusiasts. Mood has just launched their most potent product yet, introducing the hemp-based THCA flower. This edition marks a new era in the legal THC world, and it's something you've got to try, along with Mood's fantastic range of flower, gummies, vapes, and more. And here's a treat. Mood is offering our listeners a free THCA pre-roll and 20% off your first order. Just head over to hellomood.com and use our exclusive code GOG. I tried several of their products from the Uplifting Energized to the Mellow Chill, and I must say each provided a unique, enjoyable high. My favorite, definitely the Creative Strain. It sparked an incredible flow of ideas and had me breezing through my projects. Mood's latest introduction, the THCA Flower, is a game-changer, offering the classic cannabis high with a twist. With 10 high-inducing strains, it's their most potent lineup yet. What's even better is that all Mood products are extracted from hemp, making them federally legal and are regularly tested to ensure the highest quality. Sourced from small family farms, you're getting a product that's effective and pesticide-free. Whether you're new to THC or a seasoned aficionado, Mood has something for every vibe. Their in-house experts have tailored different strains to match specific moods, offering a range of products to suit any preference. From delectable gummies to classic flower and convenient pre-rolls, there's a multitude of ways to enjoy Mood's offerings. Try Mood's new THCA flower today. For a limited time only, get 20% off your first order in a free THCA pre-roll. Just go to hellomood.com and use promo code GOG. That's hellomood.com, code GOG for 20% off your order in a free THCA pre-roll. Elevate your mood with Mood today. Everyone needs a world-class VPN. Grumpy Old Geeks recommends private internet access to protect your online privacy and identity. 
Private internet access never keeps any records of their users' online activities, so you can be assured that you have complete privacy and nobody knows what you're doing online. No matter your technical skills, private internet access is one of the easiest VPN apps out there. All it takes to connect is just one click or tap and your data will be encrypted instantly. With just one private internet access VPN subscription, you can connect up to 10 devices at the same time. Go to GOG.show slash VPN and sign up today. For a limited time only, you can get our favorite VPN for just $2.69 a month when you sign up for two years. GOG.show slash VPN. That's GOG.show slash VPN. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Ups and doodads. As you probably know by now, Apple has rolled out iOS 15, iPad OS 15, Watch OS 8, and TV OS 15. So go get them. I, we could talk about it, but why? There's seven gazillion <laughs> articles everywhere about the minuscule little features that they've added. Yeah, you know, the Accidental Tech Podcast will probably spend 12 hours on just those features. So, <laughs> so go ahead do and your updates to because you got to do your due diligence and make sure you have the latest security features and all that. And I'm sure there'll be an update in another week to fix the things that people are finding. So there you go. Yeah, I still I, I updated my watch. I, I don't know what changed. Yeah, I mean, yeah. <laughs> I have no idea. Well, oh, I, I I do notice that when I get a text notification, the little picture of people's text uh, text icon, or the photos come up with them now. That's that's the only thing I've noticed. Oh, great. Which is actually annoying. That sounds like it. <laughs> okay. Um, and on the heels of their big hardware announcements last week, I did end up ordering the iPad mini because after eight years of saying, man, I really wish they'd rev the iPad mini, they finally did. Mm-hmm. So I, I felt I felt morally obligated to buy one. <laughs> <laughs> and um, there's a reason for that, too, is because I had that iPhone 12 Pro Max that I got about a month ago. Yep. I'm never getting another big phone. I went back to my 11 and put the 12 in a box to wait for the 13s so I can trade it in and just take a bath on it. Right. So my, my 13 Pro will be getting here soon. But I mean, the size difference is just, I love a small phone. Yeah. I really They've do. They've just gotten too big. They've gotten ridiculous. Yeah. So I figured a small phone, iPad mini, and then a laptop, and they've got the big iPad for, you know, big stuff when I need it. But the iPad mini was always just, it's, you just keep it with you at all times. It's just like your little, like, Moleskine notebook that you just always have. You can do everything in it. And it's but you perfect don't... for reading at night. Perfect. Oh, yeah, exactly. That's what I love. It's the same size as my little Kindle Paperwhite, but I'd rather read on an iPad, yep. you know. So and, it, and the pencil, the Apple Pencil fits just perfectly with it. And uh, I ended up getting it in purple. With a purple cover because mm-hmm. I'm festive that way. Just saying. Okay. Uh, I did. Uh, I got. I want to talk to you about the bridge dock and hub mm-hmm. real quick. Okay. So I got. I got both of these. I had the hub for a while, and I've had some issues with it with hard drives unmounting while I'm like, oh, say in the middle of a copy, which mm-hmm. is really annoying. So I had all my hard drives have to get plugged directly into the laptop anyway. But then I got the bridge dock so I could keep it on my desk vertically and, t- and save some desk space. I can't recommend either anybody buy either one of these. Okay. Seriously. <laughs> the um the dock is overpriced. It's really nice. It's heavy, but the problem is uh if you have um uh, file vault turned on on your Mac and you have to reboot, you still have to take the thing out of the dock, use the keyboard, log in because USB doesn't kick in till after you log in, so none of your USB devices are can actually get to it. Right. So you're just sitting there, like, you just wave your arms around like a crazy person, go, why the fuck don't you work? And, oh, File Vault, that's why. So, and I've also noticed that it crashes my Mac a lot when I take it in and out of the dock. 
like this thing is a crash machine when I take it in and out. And I don't know why, but if I just come here and I plug the computer directly into the hub, it works fine. I never crash, period. So I don't know what it is about that that docking station that causes my, you know, $4,000 fucking laptop to crash, which is <laughs> ridiculous in itself. Um, so I can't recommend that. The hub, like it, there's, it's overpriced for what it is. It's hot as hell. There are a bunch of other hubs out there that are probably in the similar or lower price point that does the exact same thing. So my bridge stuff, I got to say, definitely not a huge fan. Okay. All right. Yeah. It's sad. It's sad because they really look nice. And if they worked, I'd be all over <laughs> it, you know. But they don't. But no, they don't. And uh, I do sound a little different today because I'm on my new Neumann TLM 102 Black Studio microphone. Mm -hmm. Woo! Mm. So if it uh, if you can hear the mouse farts down the street, it's because I redid the <laughs> studio this week and we have very, uh, very, uh, you know, reflective floors. So I'm covered. I'm literally surrounded by blankets and pillows and I've got everything in here to try and dampen it down. But right. I wanted an upgraded mic. I've been using that RE20 for six, seven years now. Uh, so I'm going to unload it. So if there are any GOG and Jordan Harbinger show fans out there who want a piece of history, hit me up on uh, the Discord channel, send me a DM, and uh, we can talk about pricing for that puppy. All right. <laughs> and you could be uh, there's enough DNA from me and Jordan in that thing where you could probably clone the both of us. <laughs> Have your very own. <laughs> Anyways. <laughs> Oh, boy. Uh, we talked a couple of weeks ago about a new feature that Clubhouse was unrolling, and we kind of said, you know, this is just what they've got to do now because nobody gives a shit about anything, and they've got to try to keep money coming in the door, so you roll out useless updates. Uh, there's another one now. This was obviously written by their PR person. Clubhouse isn't just an app you can fire up to attend talks by famous people. It has different types of rooms you can use, including ones where you can have intimate private conversations with friends, and in the future, you may be able to invite those friends to chat by waving at them so somebody has reverse engineered certain things in the app to find hidden experimental features and they found something called a wave button on users profiles that looks similar to the wave button you see when you first connect to someone on messenger tapping on it will let a friend know you want to chat and the app will only open a room for you if they respond so they added a poke Woo! that's really uh, gonna up the valuation on that clubhouse oh i've been waiting for a reason to get into clubhouse and i think wave is the <laughs> Ride the wave, Brian. Ride the wave. Jesus. Just shut the place down already. At the library. Brian, I found this article and I thought it was an interesting title. Five real AI threats that make the Terminator look like kindergarten cop. I'm like, okay, that's a little clickbaity. But what it is, is it's... Uh, uh, some bits from a new book called AI 2041, 10 Visions of Our Future by Kai-Fu Lee and Chen Kuai-Fan. Okay. Now, Kai-Fu Lee previously wrote uh, AI Superpowers, which mm -hmm. we covered on the show, China, Silicon Valley, and the New World Order. Right. And I thought it was an interesting book. He knows his stuff when it comes to, quote unquote, AI. Mm -hmm. This book is different because what he does is he, him and his uh, co-author, Chen Kuai-Fan, uh, he's like... Kai-Fu Lee is the futurist and AI theorist. Right. Uh, Chen is a science fiction writer. Okay. So what they do is they, they create these 10... fiction. Yeah, 10 different speculative fiction stories. But the, the, I've finished the first three, and so I'm taking my time with them because they're actually really good stories just from the sci-fi perspective. So I'm enjoying the stories, but when the story is done, Kai-Fu Lee comes on and explains all of the AI that was used in the story. And... Thank God, the first one, he's like, this this story talks about machine learning, <laughs> everything <laughs> around it, and talks about, you know, how it was invented, what it does, talks about, you know, large data sets and things like that. And it's, it's you know, it's done in a very cool way. I might have so, to pick so this far, up. It's really good. I'll, I'll finish it first before uh, I give the full recommendation for it, but I'm enjoying it so far. Okay. Because uh, I, I like the stories. The stories are really well done. Um, the third one I'm into right now is about deep fakes. And uh, it's it's really good. It's Excellent. really good. Yeah. And I want to give a super shout out to Nick Crane for sending me a Kindle copy of Darren Brown's new book. Uh, it's the one I mentioned on the show last week, Brian. Mm -hmm. So they sent me a, uh, a login for a burner Kindle account that I just popped into my, my iPad and downloaded the book and I'm reading it. And um, it's really good. It's Darren Brown. I love his stuff. So I have, hope to have a thorough review next week. So, but thank you, Nick, so much. That was so awesome of you. Excellent. Security? Ha! 
Dave Bittner is back. Dave is the host of the CyberWire podcast, co-host of the social engineering podcast, Hacking Humans with Joe Kerrigan, co-host of Caveat with Ben Yellen, where they discuss law and policy and surveillance and privacy. And finally, he's the co-host of Recorded Future, where he takes you inside the world of cyber threat intelligence. Welcome back, Dave. We missed you last week. Yeah, it's good to be back. I was uh, I was actually on site for three days, uh, being the host of a virtual summit. It was a insider risk summit hosted by a company called Code Forty Two, who's in that business. Wait, so but, you were uh, on pretty... site for a virtual summit? Well, <laughs> I was on site because uh, they had us in a studio. It was uh, very oh. swanky. I had a video wall behind me, and you know, real crew with real cameras and real audio. And I had a makeup person and all that kind Ooh. of stuff. It was very, very, very swanky. Uh, so, and uh, by all accounts, it went very well. I was I was uh, pleased. My job was basically to be the MC and kind of be the, the glue to connect all the different segments and did a few Q&A uh, segments, audience Q&A, stuff like that. But uh, it was a lot of fun. It was nice to be out there working with a nice crew of people and the folks who organized it were very well organized, so my part was was easy to do. I had everything I needed. So uh, sorry to miss our show, but I have to say it was a nice little change of pace. But the important question, how yeah. was craft services? <laughs> it was delightful. They they brought in food every day. Uh, we had a, a lovely Mexican taco bar one day. Uh, we had uh, brick oven pizza another day. So nice. yes, they they take they took good care of it. I I tend not to eat very much when I have to go on stage because the last thing I need is in the middle of you know something letting out a gigantic belch. But <laughs> <laughs> so I tend to eat light. But it was very nice. I was very well taken care of. So first class all the way. Excellent. That's uh, that's the only thing I really miss from productions. <laughs> right, right. So I was thinking about you yesterday, Dave. Remember when you got your new iPhone and you had to do the dance of the authenticator apps? Yes. Yes. Uh, <laughs> well, I've been switching phones around and I had to do that dance yesterday. And oh, my goodness. Microsoft, yeah? Microsoft, Microsoft. What happened? All I wanted to do was log into my Xbox account and give them money for the pre-order for Far Cry 6. You know, hmm. thoroughly reasonable thing to do. Last time I checked, I was still logged into my Xbox, which was two days before. Pull it up. Press buy. Okay, you got to sign in again. Okay, credit card details. I get it. Even though it's my account, uh, whatever. Uh, mm -hmm. Nope. No, no, no. You you have to get the Authenticator app and do that. And I'm like, okay, well, I haven't had my Authenticator app for a while. So I go to the Authenticator app, try and log in there. And no, I have to reset the password seven times. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, back and forth and back and forth. It took me an hour of going back and forth between the Xbox, the app, and the website to finally get logged into the point where I could give them money. <laughs> so aggravating. So, so aggravating. aggravating. I mean, a certain degree of it I can stand and I can remind myself that this is a good thing, that this is for security. But when it gets to the point of everything you went through, I my, my patience runs out. Oh, it was long gone. <laughs> it was long gone. <laughs> I'll bet. I'll bet. Five minutes in, it was long gone. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. Then then comes the just like, you know, remove things from around you so you don't fling them at the TV and do something you'll regret. <laughs> Which is hard right. because the laptop almost went through a couple times. Oh, <laughs> oh man. Yeah, I'm an all Microsoft yeah. shop with my my new day gig. And boy, oh, boy, I, it's just constantly signing in, constantly getting phone calls to confirm that it's you and blah, 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 blah. And yes, it's, hmm. it's all for a good purpose. It's to ensure that it is really me signing into these things. But it is a, such a pain to get set up. And Yeah. Uh, yeah. Mm -hmm. and, Are you and using any of the new uh, passwordless stuff from Microsoft? That's what mm -hmm. I was getting ready to say. And now they're pimping all this passwordless stuff. So have you guys had that yet? Not, not yet. Apparently, yeah. I've been informed we will be upgrading to that shortly. To which I just said, "Well, there goes three to four days of work." Yeah, let me let me <laughs> let me explain what the word upgrade means. I think you mean. <laughs> Yeah. You the best you can hope for is some sort of lateral move, right? Yeah. yeah. Pretty much. Pretty much. <laughs> At best. Yeah. yeah. So uh so Vincent wrote in. He likes to Hang keep on, us I'm up still, to I'm, I'm, oh, okay. I'm not you're done still, yet. You're, you're not I'm done not complaining. Done yet. Okay, sorry. No. Sorry. My bad. No, no, no. Don't jump the gun here because I have another site that I want to I want to bitch about for a second called Auth0. Now, I'd never heard of these guys and I got a 
surprisingly an Instagram ad about them. And uh, I'm like, hmm, okay, federated authentication. Let's go take a look at it, see what they do. And this is this is the line from from their website or uh, their pitch. Auth0 is an easy to implement adaptable authentication and authorization platform. Basically, we make your login box awesome. No, you fucking don't. <laughs> I, now I see why I see so many people using this now. And in the old days, we had username box, password box, entry, right? Now, right. no. Now you have to put your email address in or your username. Then you have to go to another page. Mm-hmm. Then put in your password. Then maybe you can get to authenticate. They added clicks to the entire process, which is so stupid. But it it, it gives you – like if you look at their page, it tells you all the different ways that you can you know customize your login box. None of them make any sense except for username and password in a box that says enable two-factor authentication. That's it. Hmm. And Let's stick uh, on all the things that are planes. Yeah. So, yeah, exactly. Uh, is there a duck in this photo? I think not. Um, and and it's like, come on, guys. Are they trying to outsource every little bit of website development nowadays? We've all, all of us web developers have built authentication systems. It's not that hard. Ah, but if you use a third-party service, you're not responsible for it. You got to be responsible somewhere along the chain, I'm sure. <laughs> no, you, you don't. Know, cause, <laughs> well, it doesn't even matter if you build your own. You're not responsible anyway. So save the hmm. money. But now I know why I, this was like, you know, just bugging me. Why so many people have, have gone to this new system of username on one page, password on another page, adding to the time it takes to actually log into something. And it's these guys. These are the bastards that caused it. Oh, I see. So people are using their system yes. so they don't have to. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. That's interesting. Well, because that's the way Google has their login. It's two different pages, username, password, and then, you know, a second factor if you use that. So, mm-hmm. that, I mean, that, that's a big player using that, that uh, cadence. Maybe they started for a reason back in the day to slow down, um, basically, like, you know, Kind of add in right. a speed bump to that's what uh, I was rate thinking. limit some sort of rate limiting yeah. yeah yeah it still sucks on Google too I'm not saying it's right I don't care how big they are it still <laughs> no, sucks I agree I agree yeah it is definitely a speed bump interesting yeah so there we go now Brian talk okay. to us about Vincent <laughs> well Vincent likes to keep us up to date with the goings on in Ireland and in this particular case this is the data privacy regulator which is open to inquiries into the Chinese-owned short video platform TikTok, or, you know, Jason's dog site, basically. Uh, (laughs) And so this is about processing of personal data of users under the age of 18 and transfers by TikTok of personal data to China. Uh, Ireland is taking the lead here because, like most tech companies, uh, they're based in Dublin. Uh, At least their European headquarters are based in Dublin for TikTok. So, Hmm. uh, you know, tax reasons. But uh, then you get hit with the hammer of the data privacy regulations there, um, which, you know, again, they'll get a small fine. Most likely. And yeah, and appeal it and not pay it or pay it. Doesn't matter. It's not that much money. (laughs) Yeah, I wonder, like, when we get into these, uh, I don't know, pissing matches, I guess, between the EU and China. um. It's interesting to see how they play out because, you know, China's going to China. There's there's no getting around <laughs> their rules yep. um, if you want to be there and the market's too big to not be there. So, you know, what are you going to do? It's, it's, a, it's tough. Yeah. Yeah. And China's not going to back down like uh, some of our tech companies do in which they, you know, play with local rules a little bit better. China is, like you said, going to China. We're going to go ahead and suck that data back to the mothership. Right. Absolutely. Hmm. Interesting. Uh, do, have you guys updated to iOS 15 yet? Uh, I spent Indeed. a lovely three hours doing all that yesterday, yes. <laughs> <laughs> I kicked mine off to start the process as I was drifting off to sleep last night. So when I awoke this morning, it was uh, updated and ready to go. And I you know, breathed a sigh of relief that my phone had not been bricked in some way, shape or form. Mm-hmm. And everything seemed to have gone well. Um, but uh, came in this morning and saw a report from the folks over at the record that um, a researcher has posted a video of an iPhone uh, lock screen bypass on iOS 15 <laughs> on day one. And <laughs> took a while. <lot>. Um, <laughs> yeah, first, right, exactly. <laughs> it's interesting. Basically, if, if you, I recommend you go watch this video. It's about five minutes long, and uh, this person 
outlines how he does it, and he uses some of the accessibility features on the phone um, to get access to and exfiltrate data from the Notes app on a locked phone. Mm-hmm. And just walks through it step by step, and sure enough, there's definitely some buggy behavior in there, and he's able to use uh, FaceTime to get data out of the Notes app. Um, that's part one of the story. Part two of the story is that you know, this gentleman is upset with Apple because he has reported these sorts of things to them, and uh, he doesn't feel like he's getting the bug bounties that he deserves for things that are as, as serious as these are. And there's been a lot of criticism lately of Apple of uh, about how they run their bug bounty program and, you know, the company with all the money in the world. Not I was going to say, you could, come out. on, man, they're broke. They can't really be they're, they're, they're afford to spend this much money. Yeah. <laughs> right. right. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, they should probably be upping that a little bit because these are pretty serious issues. So. Yeah, they should have yeah. taken a, a line from the Bose Connect update because that's one of the things that comes along with these iOS updates is the the slew of app updates that you get. And mm-hmm. I just had to chuckle at the Bose Connect one this morning. And their their uh, release notes were a few tweaks to make the app more stable and less buggy. Well, isn't that <laughs> kind of what you're supposed to be doing every time you do an update? <laughs> yeah, <clears throat> yeah. I think yeah. If you if you uh, you know if you swapped it uh, to make the app more buggy and less stable, I think that <laughs> maybe would be kind of the wrong way to go about it. But whatever. Mm-hmm. I just thought yeah, that was and yet funny. that seems to happen pretty often. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, I I I'm all for companies every now and then doing an update cycle that is just to fix bugs. Mm-hmm. Don't add any Snow features. Leopard. I Yeah, I would love to see like Microsoft's uh, hourly know, feature. Well, <laughs> I'd love to see a a TikTok sort of cadence where you have one feature update and then you do a bug fix and a feature update and then a bug fix. And I know there are, there are you know lots of bug fixes along the way for many companies. But to have your upgrade cycle be focused on bug fixes, you know, first do no harm. Um, I, I kind of like that. I, I realize there are market forces against that sort of thing and uh, it's hard to justify it. But I don't know. Ultimately, it seems like a good way to go about things. Yeah, I mean, right. considering the 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 lack of features in the 15 update, you'd think that they would have fixed a bunch of stuff. But and you maybe know. they have. Yeah, could be, could be. I got to say true. though that the the smartest thing that they did, they got so much flack for the Safari update about the new tab system and how horrible it was, and they went back and forth. But I got to say, the smartest thing that they did was put the address bar at the bottom of the screen. That mm. is really, really nice. Really mm-hmm. nice. So just because you don't have to, you can one hand it and don't have to reach it. Yeah, it's right there. It's a boom done. Yeah, boom done. Yeah. yeah, I haven't played with that yet, so we'll see. I people are just resistant to change, you know. Really? Yeah. No. <laughs> <laughs> well, not, I mean, nobody here. No, but, of course not. <laughs> uh, general people are are resistant <laughs> to change. Yes, yes. So we've uh, talked a lot in this segment about how criminals are an inherently generally pretty lazy. Uh, let's talk a little bit about some guy who basically, he had some real Goonies never say die spirit here. Um, (laughs) (laughs) U.S. District Court has sentenced a man who has unlocked 1.9 million AT&T phones uh, to 12 years in prison. His name is Muhammad Fahd. And he, uh, this is a seven year scheme he was running to defraud the company. Even after he learned that an investigation had been opened up against him, he continued. This is pretty amazing. Uh, he contacted an AT&T employee through Facebook in 2012 and bribed them to help him unlock customers' phones with significant sums of money, according to the DOJ. And uh, this continued going on. He then recruited an engineer to build malware that would be installed on AT&T systems to, to keep the system going here. And uh, wow, 1.9 million phones he uh, he managed to unlock through this scheme. And uh, yeah, just kept going, even though he knew that they were coming after him. So, I mean, you know, not lazy. Not lazy at all. That no. takes some, that's he's either stupid or ballsy. Not sure which, or both. Maybe, maybe yeah. both. Maybe both. Yeah, <laughs> but also clever and industrious too. I mean, yes. uh, talk about your insider threats. You know, you think about if you're if you're AT and T and you have all those AT and T stores and you have all those employees, and uh, that I suspect can get to be a pretty monotonous job, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
updating people's phones, selling them new phones, all that kind of stuff. And so somebody comes along and says, hey, I'll pay you. Here, here's a pile of money in exchange for making a couple clicks on that computer. You can see how uh, folks folks in that position wouldn't necessarily have a whole lot of loyalty to AT&T, the company. Oh, I take the money in a heartbeat. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, you I was just make sure. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I would just make sure I logged in with uh, you know one of my buddy's credentials who's uh, on a different shift. That's all. Right. right. I see. I see. One of your former buddies. Your former buddies. Yes. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> wow. Hey, man, you gotta gotta earn. You gotta earn. That's all <sighs> I'm saying. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, well, we got another guy here, Matthew Gatrell from St. Charles, Illinois. He uh, was finally found uh, guilty. In a DDoS for hire scheme. Now, you know, as we used to call this evil as a service. And mm -hmm. uh, he's 32 years old, so he's a young young guy. Uh, he hasn't been sentenced yet, but he can get a maximum sentence of 35 years in prison. Mm -hmm. And this guy, this, this goes along with, you know, the stupid criminal. His buddy had already pleaded guilty and got a, a much lighter sentence. But he said, let's fight it. And uh, mm -hmm. he went. He went to court. He went to trial with public defenders backing him up. And we wonder why he lost. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So okay. he's going to do some time. Yeah. No, I, I, I'm trying to remember some of the details here. I mean, the the part of their defense is that these tools could be used for legitimate research purposes and and so on and so forth. They they refer to them as booter services rather than DDoS for hire services. Yeah. Um, but yeah, everybody's hip to what's really going on here. It's interesting to me how much DDoS is uh, being purchased by people who want to take down their rivals in online games, unlike Xbox or things like that. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah, that's just not something that I, I think would strike me to do. I, I've, I've never, I guess, I've never been that serious a gamer <laughs> that I wanted to invest in the failure of one of my online rivals. <laughs> yeah, you definitely didn't play enough games then, because that. Well, <laughs> yeah, that's. I the think thing. by the time I stopped playing games, I, I, well, I stopped seriously playing games before we had these massive online games. I think mm -hmm. the last game I yeah. really played all the way through uh intensely was um Leisure the original Larry. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> yes, exactly. Uh, but I mean it, you got to say guys. though yeah, the funny thing about it is, you know, just taking down somebody's computer and DDoSing them is like the least people do nowadays. I mean, that's swatting came from gamers. Yeah. You know, yeah. when you care enough to kill the very best. That's yeah. So this is, you know, just getting DDoSed is pretty easy. Oh, oh my God. I forgot. I forgot to put this in the notes. I got a great story for you guys. You're going to love this one. So my roommate's mom, who is 93 years old, she gets a text mm. message, which she calls a memo. <laughs> she's like, I got this memo today. We're like, what the fuck's a memo? That's <laughs> and, funny. So it's a, it's a note from AT&T with a URL to click on. So she goes to her, her Gmail and types in the URL exactly to send it to my roommate and say, is this legitimate or not? So she's doing the right thing theoretically. Well, since she basically pasted a malware URL into her email and sent it to somebody, the gods of, of Spectrum Internet said no, <laughs> completely <laughs> mm. shut down her entire Internet account right then and oh there my. as soon as she sent oh. it. Wow, that's intense. That's too bad. It no. came back on in an hour. But yeah. it was it was still really funny that she was like, you know, she was trying to be good, but she turned out to be she was an inadvertent hacker. Right. 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 She didn't know any of the tricks of, you know, replacing any of the, the characters or putting in extra characters. Or to take a screenshot. The link. Or take a screenshot. Yeah. Right. Yeah. She doesn't. Yeah. I mean, she doesn't even know what a URL is. She just knows that there's a whole no. big list of things. And she t she typed it in perfectly with all the caps and <laughs> everything and then just got booted. I thought you guys would get a kick out of That's that. Uh, yeah. I mean, she's way ahead of my parents who are in their late 80s. And uh, my attempt to switch them over to iPhones, which was primarily motivated by the horrible audio quality of their flip phones. Like, mm -hmm. I can barely understand what they're saying on these ancient phones that they both have. So I figured, oh, we'll just get them some cheap iPhones and, you know, older generation iPhones. And at least then I can hear them. They can't handle it. They cannot handle 
the touchscreen interface of an iPhone right. just yeah. it's too much. That's uh, funny. Yeah. Um, my roommate's mom, we just bought her a new iPad because, you know, she's blind, can barely see, but now she can pinch and zoom on the iPad. And we're like, okay, we're going to start off with the basics and got her the local newspaper. Now she can read the mm-hmm. newspaper and zoom in on it every day. And within, you know, half an hour, she's like, okay, I need my online banking on here. I want to get my mail. <laughs> it's just like ready to go. <laughs> yeah. That's an interesting point, Jason, because actually my mother does fine with an iPad. Mm-hmm. And she does have an iPad and she likes – she looks at Facebook and she sees pictures of her grandkids and stuff like that. But the phone, I don't know if it's the density of the information. I think it's uh, it's too easy to, to fall out of some mode and not know where you are and not mm-hmm. be able to, to get back. But it just – we couldn't get it to stick and it's oh, been frustrating. That would be a good mode for iOS 16 when they come out. Old people mode. It has like four buttons like those giant remote yeah. controls for your TV. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. I've said it here before. Remember back in the day, Sony had that line of products, my first Sony, and I thought they should come out with another line, my, my last, last Sony. Sony. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> For old people. That's so <laughs> good. <laughs> yeah. 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 I can I want to be in the pitch meeting for that, trust me. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so this next story I've got made me think about actually two different uh, two different bits of media. First, I thought about Adam Savage on Mythbusters, who was like, "You never put a firearm on a drone." And then I also thought about the very end of Breaking Bad, and I won't spoil it for anyone, even though it's been out for <laughs> ten years. Uh, but this is a uh, Israel has reportedly used a remote controlled gun to assassinate a top uh, Iranian nuclear scientist. Uh, so. They're calling it a remote-controlled AI-assisted machine gun. Now, they reportedly mounted this gun on a pickup truck by the side of the road and had a distant operator fire the gun using a satellite link. I'm not entirely—I guess the AI is they used facial recognition to assist with aiming, uh, making sure that they only shot him and not his wife, who was also in the car. Did it work? Apparently—well, nobody's— you know, nobody's going to come— says they did spare his wife. Yeah, okay, that's right. Yeah, he's dead. But uh, okay, you know, yeah, 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 yeah. I just didn't know so. if it got the wife too. No, nope. she's so this okay. totally worked. Mm. Uh, they used AI to compensate for the satellite system lag and gun recoil, and they staged a decoy car with a camera to force a U turn to get a clear image to use the facial recognition. So, pretty sophisticated assassination techniques these days. Yeah, that's wild. Yeah, it's pretty crazy. Wild. Yeah. And I just threw this last story in here because it made me laugh a little bit. Um, Apparently, our government is wasting a lot of time trying to decide if these Honor smartphones, which is spun from Huawei, it's their like lower level version of phones, uh, are a national security threat or not. And at the end of the article, they do point out the fact that uh, they do not sell telecommunications equipment to carriers, which means it's not involved in the 5G network buildouts, which was the whole point of all of this to begin with, with Huawei. And these products are not even available in the United States. So who gives a shit? Yeah. <laughs> okay. Why are they arguing about this? <laughs> Slow day? <Spite. laughs> yeah. Hey, let's Bob, play. Bob just snuck it into the meeting notes, I guess. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> right. I read this on the crapper this morning. What do you guys think? Does this have legs? Right. Yeah. So anyways, Somebody I came just... back from an overseas trip and brought one back with them. So now they have to talk about it. I, I guess. I'm not sure. So this is one of those articles that I was like, oh, this is right up Security Alley. And I got to the end of it. And I'm like, why is any of this happening? Thanks for our government mm-hmm. money. Well, not my government money anymore. Yeah. It, it's interesting <laughs> that uh, the the different departments were split, that the Pentagon and the Department of Energy uh, wanted to put them on the list of mm-hmm. – um, uh, what, what are they – what's the name of the list? The um, – entities list and uh that uh commerce and state department didn't want to put them on the list i wonder who who's the tiebreaker in a case like this uh, right? the guy the guy who stood up, stood up and said it doesn't matter yeah yeah <laughs> somebody right. needs to bring back the decider right they just they bring in somebody from the department of education to just break the tie you know? i was just thinking so they you... called george bush back up he's not doing much these days i'm That's the true. decider I'll, I'll paint i'll paint one of those phones for you Mm -hmm. So before we go today, I just want to do a quick check-in, a quick little media candy and at the library with a couple things that I've been enjoying. Uh, One of them is the show Only Murders in the Building, which is on Hulu. That's the Steve Martin, Martin Short, Selena Gomez murder mystery Mm -hmm. podcast Podcast comedy show. Comedy. 
<laughs> yes. Have you guys been enjoying that? I have not no, watched any of checked it, yet. it out. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, a fan, a fan wrote in last week and told us that we should watch it, but I don't have Hulu, and Brian's stack of shows to watch is growing longer than the, the heat death of the universe, so I don't know if he'll ever get around to it. But it, it's good. Yeah. It's good. I mean, it's it's written by Steve Martin, or co-written by Steve Martin, and he's a very good, smart writer. So it's well-written. It's fun. They do a good job of of mixing the comedy with the actual murder mystery stuff. Um, and they poke a lot of fun at podcasters, which is enjoyable. <laughs> That's too. enjoyable. Yes. Um, Tina Fey plays the sort of the the alpha uh, true crime podcaster, and so there's some funny things that happen with her. Um, yeah, it's it's quite good. There's a very very funny episode that involves Sting, um, and it turns out that these folks all live in the same New York condo building is sting and uh so there's <laughs> a whole funny episode with, with sting it's pretty good I, i'm gonna float um, a super unpopular opinion here right now not a fan of martin yeah. short yeah no i'm not either I, I find him i find him too cheesy too too like he just always takes the joke too far and too silly and too lame and i've just never really got other than three amigos which is a work of comedy masterpiece Never really enjoyed Martin Short. Yeah. Uh, I certainly understand that opinion. And actually, my co-host Joe Kerrigan was expressing that same opinion <laughs> last time he was in because I was telling about this show with him. And he was like, I hate Martin Short. Um, <laughs> and I get that. I, I, I understand why he's not everyone's cup of tea. I enjoy the old show busy over-the-top kind of thing of Martin Short. I, I think he's sort of winking at himself. I enjoy the types of jokes that he tells. The 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 cutting humor, um, I think, is pretty funny. Uh, his book is quite good. He has an autobiography that's quite good. Uh, very funny. Um, but I do see how he's not everyone's cup of tea and how he can be over-the-top. Over um, the character that he's playing in this show fits his personality very well. He plays sort of an old failed Broadway director who can't get any more shows made. That so he's a bit of a sad perfect sack. for him. Yeah. Yeah. And it, it is. <laughs> it's perfect for him. It plays, you know, it's written to play to his strengths. So, um, you know, give it a shot. Uh, but yes, there's definitely some Martin Short uh, excessiveness uh, in there. <laughs> hey, Brian, you have to be careful talking about Martin Short like that. I think he's like a Canadian treasure, so they might kick you out if anybody hears this. They might. They That's might. True. But they would do it in a very over-the-top, silly way. He's the host of the Canada movie at Epcot Center. So, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Doesn't get a higher on Canadian honor than that, I, <laughs> I suspect. Right? Uh, the other thing I wanted to recommend was the book Fuzz by Mary Roach. I don't know if you've read any of her previous books. She wrote Stiff and Spook and Bonk and um, I, wrote, I, I read words Stiff as well. Space. Yes, I read yeah. Stiff. That was that was a good book. Yeah, I enjoy her writing very much. She's very funny, uh, and she goes off on these sort of scientific investigations of interesting things. This book is about. When humans and wildlife interact in dangerous and often fatal ways, uh, so it's about people getting attacked by bears and bobcats and things like that. And, oh. and um, from the name, I thought it was going to be police. <laughs> well, it's kind of like how the powers that be try to keep these interactions from being dangerous, but also figuring out after the fact, like if you find a dead guy in the woods, was he actually attacked by a bear or did a human kill him and a bear came along and said, oh, free snack, right? So <laughs> it goes into sort of that kind of stuff as well. But uh, it's hard to um, to imagine how she does it, but she does manage to make this subject matter quite funny. So again, I recommend it. It's Fuzz oh. by Mary Roach. Good I will book. check that out. Yeah. All right. All right. That's what I got this week, guys. Uh, we'll see you next time. Thanks. Good to have you back. Yep. Good to be back. Closing shout outs. Over at Patreon, we've got Kevin, Wesley, Giuseppe, and Tony. Welcome to the Patreon family. Thank you so much. It's nice to see those coming back up again. Over at PayPal, we have Nathaniel, Michael, John, Andre, Giuseppe, Tom, Michelle, Andrew, Tom, Two Toms, Joseph, John, Pedro, and Melanie. Melanie, who gave us a very generous donation. Thank you so much for that. Thank you so much, Melanie. That was very generous of you. We got two. Did Giuseppe give us on PayPal and Patreon? He may have. 
Because I find it, I find it very odd that we would have two Giuseppe's in one week when we've never mm. had any in eight years. So. This is a good point. We should research yes. this. <laughs> yes. Thank you, Giuseppe and Giuseppe or Giuseppe, whichever <laughs> one it is. Over at the tip jar, we got 10 bucks from Matthew S., 10 from D- Dennis B., and a $10 sub from Sean M. Thank you all so much who donated this week. You guys are literally keeping the lights on right now. Yes. And over at iTunes, we have a five-star rating from Jay Boucher 9, older and grumpier. Sage advice from two travelers still on the digital journey. Listen and learn. Too bad they are old enough to remember programming in Fortran and grid laptops that had a total memory of 362K. Okay. Thank you. Thank you very much. All right. Until next time, I'm Brian Schulmeister. And I'm Jason DeFilippo. Thanks for listening to Grumpy Old Geeks. If you enjoy the show, visit GOG.show slash donate to help, keep, to help keep the lights on. No, to keep the lights on. And we'll love you forever. You can also help us out by sharing the show with your friends and enemies. It's absolutely easy and free. Show notes for this episode are at GOG.show slash 523. From there, you can find links to everything we talked about in this episode, as well as links to our swag and Discord channel if you want to buy some stuff or chat with us and other show fans. You can also head over to GOG.show slash contact and send us your feedback or questions that we can read on the air. We also have a voicemail feature on the website, Brian, that I keep forgetting to talk about. So okay. if you want to send us a voicemail, too, we can we can use that. And if you're so inclined, please head over to GOG.show slash review and toss us a snarky review and preferably five stars. Stay grumpy.